Well, hello everyone. I'm so glad you can join us. We're going to be doing a series of studies on the book of Revelation, what I believe is a word in season for you at such a time as this. We're seeing so many signs that reveal the times in which we're living. And it's so important, therefore, that we study the book of Revelation because this is the unveiling of Jesus Christ and all the end time events. And you need to know where we are at in those timings to prepare yourself for the coming days, to get celestial wisdom and direction, to make the right decisions, and really to have a heart that's crying out for the return of the Lord. It's interesting that the book is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the Revelation of John. Revelation is the word apocalypse in Greek. And apocalypse literally means an opening, a manifestation. And so we're in the times where lots is happening. As Charles Dickens said in his uh, famous book, The Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. And so there are many evil things happening, terrible things happening, and more, much more will come. But at the same time, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And for those of us who have a passion to see Jesus Christ, uh, we're going to be seeing him face to face and time is short and these things are happening and so we need to be preparers of the way as John the Baptist was for his first coming indeed the church today is for his second coming and so I want to be teaching a whole series of teachings on this subject I just want to thank all the people who have spoken into my life and given me wisdom and direction in this area particularly Pastor Eloisio da Silva on whom everything I'm going to be saying is I'm based uh, I'm teaching from his teachings and, um, and many others who have influenced me over the years and I believe that what I've got to say is going to influence you and I do encourage you also to share what I'm teaching to you so that we can all be faithful testimonies. God puts men and women into your life to give you wisdom to teach you but then he expects you to share what you have learned. Um, I don't know how long many sessions we're going to be doing. Uh, each session is going to be more or less, half an hour, perhaps more, perhaps less. Um, but I'd encourage you to tune in, really get as much as you can and can as much as you get. Okay, but tonight I really want to be uh, talking to you about why the book of Revelation is so little read. And the whole topic of what we're going to be saying is under the title Revelation, Not Mystery. So why is the book of Revelation so little read? I'll give you six quick reasons. Number one, because Satan does not want you to know what's written in this book, okay? And I say that in a sense to put you on spiritual alert as well, because as you study with me, uh, you need to be aware that Satan will try and attack, but don't worry because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But maybe he'll distract you, He'll encourage you that these teachings are, are not uh, for you or not relevant for you. Maybe even uh, you'll be listening and you'll just get distracted or you'll feel tired. But shake off those feelings because this is a real spiritual battle over your mind. You need to get the light and the revelation that comes through these teachings because it will equip you for the days to come. Okay, so please also, as well as listening to what I'm teaching here, get your Bible out, read the book of Revelation, not quickly, but go through it, meditate upon it, okay? Because I know the Spirit of God is going to be talking to you just as he spoke to the churches uh, back in those days of the Apostle John. So 
Satan doesn't want you to know what's written in the book of Revelation. It's interesting that the two of the books that are most attacked by intellectuals, by academics, by philosophers, people who have the wisdom of this age, well, let's say they, are, they have natural wisdom, wisdom rather than spiritual wisdom, those who tend to influence our universities and our schools. Uh, they always poo-poo these two books, Genesis and Revelation, that really act as two of the, uh, the beginning and the end of the canon of Scripture, like two, um, I've forgotten my English, but the two books on a bookshelf that hold the, the others in. And Genesis, if you think with me, is often uh, described as uh, a myth, you know, by these academics. Uh, they talk, you know, when, when they read about the serpent or the flood or the Tower of Babel and other things, they say, no, that's just a myth. It's like a fairy tale. And Satan wants you to think that. He wants you to doubt the word of God right from the beginning, just as he tempted Eve to doubt God's word being true and therefore deceived her and she fell. He said to her, did God really say that if you eat of this fruit, you shan't die? And so he caused her to doubt that it was true. And that was the end, really the, the beginning of the end for her. And so Satan does the same thing about the whole of the book of Genesis for you. He wants you to doubt it. And the reason is, is because in Genesis, the third chapter and the 15th verse, we get the first prophecy of the coming Messiah. Mankind has fallen. And you could see today that mankind has fallen. Death has come into the world. Sickness, virus, trouble, economic woe, etc. Uh, mankind has fallen and that's produced much fruit. But right from the beginning, God has promised a Messiah. Let me read to you what it says in Genesis 3 and 15. A famous verse of scripture. And, and God said to the serpent... I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The word seed there literally means your offspring. Okay, So Satan will have offspring, plural, but the woman will have offspring, singular. Okay, And her seed, I mean, it's been taught by many theologians over the years that women don't have seed it's the man that has a seed but there would be a woman who would have a seed supernaturally and of course that points to the virgin mary who was going to supernaturally receive the seed of heaven okay the holy spirit overshadowed her and through immaculate conception she was impregnated with the divine child. And so God, right from the beginning, is prophesying that even though mankind had fallen, even though death had come into the world, even though Satan had taken dominion of the earth, that he was already got the solution and that he would come, the Messiah would come, and he would bruise Satan's head even though Satan would bruise his heel, which talks of Jesus' death on the cross but also his victory on the cross. So the whole point of the scripture, that everything that's happening is based on Genesis. It's not a fairy tale. You will not understand what's going on in the world unless you realize that Genesis is a true story, okay? And everything that's happened ever since there is because of that battle between Satan's offspring, okay, 
and the Lord Jesus and those who represent him. Satan knows that God cannot lie. And so he, ever since that prophecy, he's been trying to kill the one he thinks might be the Messiah. And all other prophecies in scripture actually have all been about for that first prophecy being fulfilled. Okay, so this is a raging battle that's gone on through the centuries and it's coming to a head now. Now, Genesis is the one first book that he would have you to disbelieve, but also Revelation. Genesis, he says, is a fairy tale, but Revelation, he says, is a mystery. No one can understand it. There are even pastors who advise their flock, please don't worry about Revelation. It's really too difficult. It's not for now. You just read the Gospels or something more simple. But please understand that all scripture is given for our edification. And through the light of the Holy Spirit, it will be revelation, not mystery to you. It's going to be opened up to you these days. You're going to see it clearer than ever before. So please don't buy into what the devil would try and tell you, that it's too complicated. It's too mysterious. No, it's stressed in certain language in part because it's descriptions in from people living in that age of things in the future okay but also it's written in a certain language so that only the believer filled with the holy spirit can understand it it's hidden from the unbeliever and god's done done that on purpose okay in revelation 12 and 9 we read that satan is called the dragon or the serpent of old i'll read you the scripture and then let me explain so the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. So here you can see Genesis linking in with Revelation, the two, the two books at the beginning and the end. At the beginning, he was the serpent, but now in, Gen in Revelation, he's called the dragon. And John shows that this is the same being, Satan, the deceiver, uh, the devil himself. And so the serpent has become a dragon. In a sense, he's grown. He's become more ferocious. He's, he's fire breathing, so to speak. And you can see that actually throughout scripture, Satan has got more and more strength and power. And the scripture says that actually that he's grown, but how has he grown? Well, really by feasting upon the souls of men. Okay, as he gets people into his ways and into sin, that gives more and more power to the devil. The devil doesn't have the power that you imagine being sort, sort of omnip, omnipotent. No, he only has power that's ceded to him. But the more human beings have ceded power and gone down sinful ways, therefore it's allowed this dragon to manifest right across the world. And so in the book of Revelation, you don't see him just as a slippery, slimy serpent, but of a great dragon, okay? And you can see that Genesis really is the book of beginnings, but Revelation is the book of the ends. In Genesis, for example, you read about the Tower of Babel, okay, which was made, built by the nations of the earth. But in Revelation, you read about Babylon, this incredible worldwide empire, government, that's now grown up and grown and spread its tentacles around the world. So it's a, it's a, it, it's a manifestation of evil over the years. 
It's the serpent becoming the dragon. So the first reason why people don't read Revelation is because Satan doesn't want them to. But I'm here to tell you, you need to read it. It's going to be great because, as I said at the beginning, it's a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're a born-again believer like I am, there's no greater pleasure. There's nothing more than we can think of than seeing the Lord face-to-face and being embraced by him and seeing him coming in his glory. For you, dear saint, good things are on the way. Hallelujah. But let me continue. The second reason why few people read the book of Revelation is because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Okay, Because the book of Revelation um, confronts us about being faithful even unto the death. And sadly, we live in a generation where we have so much Christianity without commitment, okay? It's a kind of wishy-washy Christianity. And even though we preach grace all the time, grace doesn't excuse us of spiritual disciplines, doesn't excuse us, it doesn't uh, make us, it shouldn't make you passive. Um, that's a wrong interpretation of grace. The one who had the greatest revelation of grace in the New Testament was the Apostle Paul. But he himself said that he had labored more than the other apostles. In fact, uh, uh, John Stott shows that when he said that, he wasn't just saying, I've labored more than Peter, I've labored more than John. He was saying, put all the other apostles together, and I've labored more than them, but not I, he continues, but the grace of God within me. So grace really makes you more committed and more involved. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, this, the book of Revelation talks about how true believers, true overcomers may have to pay uh, the, the price of even their deaths. And so people don't like to think about that or read about that really because we're living in a very passive world and society these days where we want everybody, everything to be done for us, okay? But uh, please understand that you're not called to do that. You're called to be an overcomer. So read on and then you'll learn how to be an overcomer by listening to these series, okay? The third reason that people don't read the book of Revelation is because it deals with the judgment of God. And again, many people don't want to consider this, okay? Um, but think about it with me this way. First of all, think, if you were studying for an exam and somebody said to you, hey, listen, I can show you the exam paper before you sit the exam. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful because you could look at all the questions, prepare your answers so that you would pass with flying colors. Okay, so yes, Revelation does talk about the judgment of God, does talk about the end times, does um, talk about things that are going to happen. And, and you have to understand that God is a just God. Okay, uh, but actually God wants you to know all this, the, these things so that you can prepare beforehand. And listen to, I've got good news for you, please, O saint, O brother in the Lord, O Christian. Uh, believers will not experience the wrath of God, okay? We are saved from the wrath of God, okay? But the wrath of God is coming, but not upon us, but upon the world. Uh, you remember Jesus' famous first sermon uh, in the book of Luke. He quotes from Isaiah 61. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. And he goes on right down to say that he's going to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he stops there. And the reason he stops there is because we are currently living in the time of the acceptable year of the Lord. 
Uh, theologians call it the dispensation of grace, okay, when the door to heaven is open and it, salvation is offered for free and anybody who believes, anybody who wills can just step right in. But that door will close. And Isaiah 61, which is again the word of God, not just what Jesus said, but Jesus was saying right now it's the acceptable time. It's the dispensation of grace. But as Isaiah continues, uh, after the acceptable year of the Lord comes the day of vengeance of our God. Okay, so that's the coming day. Okay, a day of vengeance of the Lord. And the Lord will judge this earth. His fiery, flamey eyes will look upon the earth and judge people according to their works, which is why it's really important they get under the blood of Jesus and washed clean by that blood as soon as possible so that their sins are taken away and therefore they, they pass through the judgment, okay? So they won't be judged in that last day. But those who reject Christ will be subject to judgment and a just judge judgment from a just judge somebody who sees all knows all knows the motives of men's hearts okay can't be bribed uh you know is not blind to any motives or hidden things and so he, the judgment will be just and the punishment will fit the crimes and uh, but that day is coming all right but not for us who believe amen we don't go to the white throne judgment as believers we go to a place called the judgment seat of christ and there we receive crowns and rewards for the work that we've done if we've been faithful with our talents okay so the good news for us oh dear brother is that the glorious and awesome one who sits upon that throne of glory he is our father not our enemy so please even though it deals with the judgment of god don't make that don't let that make you weary don't let that put you off it's good for you to study the book of revelation number four okay the reason why people don't many people don't read that book is because it confronts the doctrine of universalism now universalism teaches that there's no judgment there's no hell there's no lake of fire in other words, everybody gets saved in the end. But this is a great, great deception. People don't read the book of Revelation. They come up with these doctrines, but all scripture is written for our edification and for our reproof. So we need to preach the whole counsel of God, as Paul did. And uh, the book of Revelation is there, and it clearly shows that there is a judgment, that there is a hell, that there is a lake of fire. And all those whose names are not written in the name in the Lamb's book of life are thrown into the lake of fire. And so this is one of the reasons why we are so passionate preachers and evangelists, especially in a time like this. And in fact, this study is going to put so much um, gas in your tank, so much petrol, so much combustible in your tanks to reach out to people. It's going to be fantastic. I believe we're going to see a great, great harvest of souls okay the fifth reason why people don't read the book of revelation is that its focus is actually intimacy not activism okay it's all about relationship and you know many christians are very involved in doing stuff doing 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 you know looking after the poor or you know feeding the hungry or or being you know in sort of social action projects etc but actually, they're not, their focus isn't relationship or intimacy with the Lord. And Revelation really shows that 
the main thing is whether our hearts have been conquered by God. Are our hearts his? It's one thing for us to know him, but does he know us? Have, have we let him in? Does he know us? Do we talk things through? Do we do life with him, so to speak? Is, is there that constant conversation between you and your heavenly father going on? Because that's really what revelation is all about, okay? So um, the, the key thing, though, to remember in this is that um, you will never really love God and want to grow more intimate with him unless you first know of his love for you. 1 John 4 and 17 says that we love him because he loved us first. Or literally, we love, we agape, because he loved us first. So our love for him is a response to his love for us. The more we meditate upon his love for us, the more we become lovers of God, the more we respond back. So don't try and force yourself to love him, rather meditate upon his goodness and his grace. As Romans says in chapter 5, God proved his love or demonstrated his love for us in that Christ died for us whilst we were still enemies. And so when you think that through of this incredible unconditional love that he has for you, that will cause a sort of rivers of passion towards the Lord. Okay, so you're going to be meditating more upon that. And, and we do things not to obtain the love of God. We do things because we are now loved of God. It's a spontaneous reaction. Uh, we do things out of a sense of gratitude, not to try and get something from God. Now, not to try and be right standing with God. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. So God will be accept me. No, 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 no. It's now that we are accepted unconditionally by God. The thought is this. What can I do to show my gratitude? OK, so two people, interestingly, can be doing the same thing, but one with the wrong motive and one with the right motive. Some people do in order to conquer his love. Other people do because they are loved. So the book of Revelation is going to teach you this. It's going to bring you into a place of intimacy. And that's what counts, okay, in terms of your standing with God. Not activism, not being a doer, doer, doer. You know, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do, but we need to do with the right motives. I'm an evangelist. I love winning souls. And I know people who do, do, do evangelism a lot, lot, lot. And yet don't tend to win that many people. But as every parent, all parents know, children are the fruit of intimacy, okay? And it's the same with your ministry. The more intimate with God you are, the more fruitful you will be in your ministry, okay? And finally, the sixth reason uh, that few people read the book of Revelation is because it deals with supernatural phenomena. Now, some of those phenomena, and I mean by that signs and wonders, okay? Um, some of them are, are, are terrifying, literally. I mean, the book of Revelation talks about famines and wars and then meteors and eclipses and, and all sorts of terrors and voices of angels like thunder and lightning and then these, these uh, incredible beings that like scorpions or, 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 or other beings that come and sting people. And then they, it talks about how there are literally the, this type of living dead, these zombies walking around who, who won't even be able to die even though they want to die. So there's all this supernatural stuff happening and a lot of it quite terrifying. But don't be scared because also the supernatural phenomena talk about things like the throne of God around which there's this 
incredible rainbow, which of course is a sign of God's covenant and faithfulness for those who believe in him, who never destroy, okay? Talks about, you know, heavenly beings, angels, and the four living creatures around the throne that have eyes inside them and outside them that constantly cry out, holy, holy, holy. Talks of elders that have been since the ancient days overseeing the things on this earth. And talks of crystal seas and golden streets etc. And so for some it produces anguish and fear, but please, I, I don't want you to feel that way because really, because you are, you are covered by the blood of the Lamb, that, that is not, those terrors are not your portion, my friend. The glories of heaven are your portion. So I just want to finish this first session tonight praying for you. If you've ever felt any resistance against the book of Revelation, or not necessarily resistance in the sense of, you know, an attack not to do it, but just not a, a desire, or you just feel like, oh, do I really have to study that? I want to break that off of you because this is manna from heaven for your life today. You're going to love it. You're going to be blessed by it. It's going to light up your life. It's going to give you wisdom and revelation like never before. So just close your eyes right, right where you are and let me pray this prayer for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless my brother or my sister who's listening to me right now. And I pray that you would touch them. Whatever resistance of Satan that has been against them reading this book, Lord, I pray that it is broken off of them, that they would have a zeal and a passion to dig into this book of Revelation. You would give them ears to hear, eyes to see, oh God, that literally you would come alive to them. And because of it, they would grow in wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and all of his glory. Hallelujah. So I bless my brother. I bless my sister today in Jesus name. I look forward to seeing you at the next session. Please press the like button or uh, subscribe to this. And uh, I know that uh, you're going to be blessed. And of course, we'll be able to tell you when the next post is going up. God bless you. Hey there, audio listeners on Spotify and Podbean. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, well, have I got good news for you because you can head on over to YouTube and go into Giles Stevens' YouTube page and you can watch this sermon and all his other sermons that we're going to be uploading there and other special messages he's got for you. Also, if you felt touched by this word and you want to become a partner in this ministry to sponsor a child or to save a soul across the world, head on over to our website at thegreatmission.org and you can become a part of this great move of God too.